This is an IMA podcast. The Institute of Modern Art is a contemporary art space in Brisbane, Australia. Since 1975, we have been presenting cutting-edge visual arts through our annual program of exhibitions, public programs, publications, and off-site initiatives by local, national, and international artists. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where the IMA now stands, the land of the Yuggera and Turrbal people. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you for coming. Um, early, so it seems. It feels very early for a Saturday. Um, so for some of us, not for some of us. <laughs> um, to the IMA for this conversation with Aha Ensemble and Brie Hadley. Um, the show, their show, Absolutely Everybody Judges, uh, opened last night um, and it was a great event. Congratulations to all of you. Um, and we're here today to hear a little bit more about the work and the process behind making the work um, and why you made the work <laughs> um, and to gain a little bit more insight into your process, I suppose, um, and what you'd like the audience to to take away from the work. Um, AHA Ensemble are recipients of the Jeremy Hines Award, which is a biennial award, um, and they've been in residence here for the last six months-ish, maybe a little bit less um, making this work, so it feels like it's been a long time in development. Um, if you haven't been to the IMA before, the bathrooms are back out through the shop um, at the base of the stairs. Um, and also, um, we'll be putting on some tea, coffee, um, and beautiful cakes um, prepared by the lovely Rebecca of Aha Ensemble afterwards. Um, and if you do need anything, and Alicia, um, and if you need anything in the meantime, please don't hesitate to come and see me. Um, but I might hand over now to Brie Hadley, who's going to facilitate today's conversation. And I might let you introduce yourself um, and then get on with it. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for coming of a Saturday. Um, my name's Brie Hadley. Um, I'm a professor of drama at QUT. Um, and I'm somebody with a great interest in um, experimental art. Uh, and this is experimental art that we're talking about. So I'm very much looking forward to this conversation today. Um, now, I don't know how many of you have had a chance to have a look at this work. Um, this is a work where um, the title is Absolutely Everybody Judges. And the nature of the work is that the ensemble has invited people to come and the ensemble has had a look at people. And so the first thing I wanted to do as we start our conversation today is invite each of the artists to introduce themselves. And I thought maybe we could invite the ensemble to introduce themselves, share something about who they are but perhaps also share something about what they imagine them for themselves, dream for themselves, secretly dream for themselves, <laughs> which if you go and have a look at the work, when they're looking at the people they've invited to participate, AHA Ensemble imagines when they look at people what other people might dream for themselves and what secrets they might have in their desires. So it's probably up to each artist what you want to share. 
whether it's what we know just by looking at you or what you might secretly dream for yourself that might inform the making of this kind of work. So I don't know if there's someone who would like to start, someone who's got a microphone in hand. I'll start passing one down as well. Can I start? Yeah, well, secretly, I am my, well, sorry, my name is Tara, and, um, yeah, um, gosh, I'm lost for words now. <laughs> I secretly admire, well, I secretly think I've done everything I've wanted to do. <laughs> So right now I just secretly want to find someone and settle down. So, but I know that's practically impossible and that's why this, for me at least, because I believe that um, because Danny and I, I been texting Danny about all my problems <laughs> and I think that's where um, we got the name Absolutely Everybody Judges. <laughs> I'm really unsure but yeah, I'm passing it on now. <laughs> Should we go down the line? Okay. Hi everyone, um, my name's Emma June, or EJ is what everyone calls me. Um, I'm the producer of The Bunch, so I guess one of the secret dreams I have, probably not so secret, but is to get back into my own artistic practice as well. So um, I love doing all the organising and budgets and spreadsheets, but to also um, be a little bit more creatively uh, connected would also be great. Thank you and thanks for coming. Hi, I'm Rebecca, and I just want to add to Tara's first. Secretly, Tara wants to live in Florida. Oh. Secretly, Tara sends me little text messages to fill in the N. What's the number? Oh, it's either Florida or Hawaii, and for 12 for Hawaii, and for 19 for Florida, or and for 10 for Canada. <laughs> okay. So secretly, she wants to be American. Anyway, I'm Rebecca. I am a member of the ensemble, but I'm also the support worker. And I bring some of our members down from the Sunshine Coast, and we've been coming for quite a long time. Um, I really enjoy being a member of the ensemble as a creative um, movement. I get to do movement here. Um, but I also get to support my friends because I've actually known these two for like 12, 12 years, 17 years, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, it's a beautiful experience coming down here. My secret dream is, I'm actually a puppet maker and I carve beautiful wooden puppets and my secret dream is to actually finish my master's degree in wooden puppet carving before the end of the year and I lose all my $3,000 worth of videos but um, and anyway anytime you want to do an exhibition on wooden puppet carving and the whole process I could even have a little installation carve here you know just get my dig in um, I love being a member of the ensemble and we have grown immensely because of um, 
being able to be in a very close-knit ensemble and have no fear. G'day, I'm Mitch. Secretly, I'm obsessed with the Spice Girls. <laughs> so I've been working with the Hans for the past ooh, seven years. So I remember the Access Arts too, and that's it. And I secretly you? Secretly, I'm hmm, secretly. Hmm. Oh gosh, listen to the ACDC all day. Um, hi everyone. My name is Alicia, and same as Mitch, I've been at the beginning of our Har Ensemble for seven years. Um, secretly, I would like to work at the M&M shop in the United States of America. Um, I don't know why, I, I just had this feeling of working there and like picking my own M&Ms and like making it my own. Um, and also secretly, I like to own my own small business. I'm a... I'm a very passionate um, advocate and a very passionate person and I uh, just want to work at my career. Um, I've known every single one of these people for seven years, except for Rebecca, I've known her for longer than seven years. Um, and yeah, it's been an amazing experience doing this. Um, absolutely everybody judges exhibition. Um, it's very tough, but we got through it. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, my name is Danielle, um, and I'm the director of AHA Ensemble, um, which is a real privilege and something I um, continue to be uh, challenged and, um, um, and excited by these artists every time we come together and work. Um, Secretly, I wish I was a little less anxious and perhaps um, perhaps uh, borrowed a little bit more of the confidence from some of our artists in our group. Um, and I think it's quite uh, apt with this work. I've, you know, got to try and balance out the inner critic, um, which has yet yeah, been an interesting process in this work. And maybe in another, like, secretly note, I think, like, secretly, I, I want to be able to, um, at some point in my life, um, either open a, a, like, small patisserie shop um, or record um, an album. <laughs> maybe both. Maybe I record the album from the patisserie shop, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's me. Hi, my name is George. Um, I'm a long-time collaborator um, and I think that secretly I wish I had their confidence and could dance like they do um, yeah but I usually just sit in the dark behind the camera and that's where I feel the most comfortable <laughs> hey photographs and videos all of our work oh and um, Ruby apparently is not here today but that's she's because very she's she She's here with us in person. Yeah. She's doing the right thing in terms of not coming when not feeling. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because that's what we, we do. We do not now. want to get sick. So, Ruby, stay at home. But we're, we're here with you in person. So, I think secretly she would open up a little small business as well. Ruby has been in the ensemble from the beginning and she's a major 
um, collaborator and inspirer. She moves beautifully with each and every one of us and has helped us learn how to use our bodies. She's an incredible um, movement instructor and dancing performer and she has a wonderful practice of her own. You can catch her on the Sunshine Coast. So everyone's worked together for a long time mm -hmm. uh, and you've made a lot of works together mm -hmm. and a lot of the work, every work's been different yes. um, and they've been presented in different spaces. So you've mm -hmm. presented at um, Metro, previous Metro, old Metro mm -hmm. and at La Boite um, but oftentimes it's been performed work to an audience live can I ask about um, why this work in this space and some of the different um, choices in terms of how it's presented as an exhibition style work, as kind of a growth and a change and a development and an expansion? Um, I guess the difference between Explain Normal and Yoke and absolutely everybody judges. Can, it was can you tell us what happened in Explain Normal and Yoke? So, um, Explain Normal and Yoke were like moving pieces. Whether as absolutely everybody judges, we were in like a different space. And I think one of the most fantastic things is that we try something new. And I think what Danny did was great. She came up with this idea of having the chair on bringing people into the space and what the whole entire um, members did is we, we were like saying, I see, you know, someone who's, you know, fidgeting. So if someone fidgets, we say that and we go, secretly you're in love with Spice Girls or Bon Jovi or whatever. And then another one was like, I wonder. So it's very different to put those three together and think movement was you can explain normal and absolutely everybody judges. It's kind of like um, very interpretive or very... Um, very exploring because we've never done something like that before. We've always done, you know, like movement. And in this space, we were just saying what we think the person is thinking. Oh, yes. I'll hand over Dan. Thank you. That was great. Um, maybe I'll just add to that uh, where the progression of the idea of this work has come from. So while the form is a bit different, like Alicia's saying, our previous works are much more movement-based and, and um, in the body. And I, I think this work is in the body too, but it's different. Rather than us dancing, we're, we're using our voices um, coming from the body. But um, so the form and the outcome is different for us, but the process of making the work is, is similar and has come from a process that we've used actually across all of all of those works in some ways. So um, we, we, we use lots of different tools, I guess, when we make our work, um, which is usually more in contemporary performance and um, 
so, but but describing and description and is is something that we've used a lot for many many years in different ways, and and we've used this process um, on ourselves and each other quite a lot in our kind of development and rehearsal rooms. And so the idea for this work came from, well, what happens if we invite other people in, I guess, into that process a little bit or into that space? Um, what is it like if we start to use some of these processes with people that we don't know, that we um, that we don't have these long relationships with and trust with, where where we are being more interpretive and, and exploring things and um, guessing a little bit, making assumptions, um, and and I guess and th and through that, wanting to explore some themes that we've talked about for a long time around judgment and. Um, perception and and visibility and um, so I guess those are the things that all kind of culminated and came together um, and we did have a, a short video work at Adderton um, last year um, sorry t time in the last two years who knows <laughs> um, where we we had some video portraits that Georges had shot of us during our development of Explain Normal that that didn't all get used in the work, um, and this a very similar um, kind of description process that we had of one another. So we made a short video work that sat in there, and and I think that was really the moment where we kind of saw for the first times ourselves in a gallery space, um, and. And being able to work with our collaborators in a different way that wasn't in a live um, or only a live performance. Um, so we kind of grew that idea a little bit further and took it there. I think also logistically and I guess a little bit more pragmatically through that process, we learned that there's um, a lot of space for access in, in creating work for the gallery and that while performance and live performance is exciting and wonderful and it's always something that we want to do, um, having time and then for the work to kind of continue while we don't all need to, you know, there's eight or seven of us plus eight and nine collaborators sometimes, um, managing, you know, just literally the scheduling and access needs of all those people at one time was also something that we're really mindful of in our process. And so to create something that then can continue to express while we don't all have to physically be in the space turned out to be something that actually was really fruitful. Um, and so that's been of interest in terms of how can we give time in process and then not need to always be around for the outcome, essentially, which is new. So if it's a methodology that's evolved, describing initially other members of the ensemble, but now in this work, the ensemble's behind a piece of glass, how did it feel describing others who are not members of the ensemble. Like, I don't know if you knew the people who were invited in or some people knew people or other... Or they we were didn't people know anybody. You, you didn't know anybody? No. So, so um, how was that? It was actually really confronting. Oh, it, was, okay. it was a very hard... Um, the beginning of the installation was really hard because we're used to moving. We're used to getting together, jamming to music, moving, and we connect through movement and touching, bodies touching. Um, so that was a very difficult... 
for us to find that group um, in the beginning, to come into the beginning because we're normally movement-based. So it was very difficult to stand still in that little back room for days on end. It was physically draining. Um, we all have some kind of disability that being still is not necessarily the best thing. It can make us tired, sore, whatever, anxious, grumpy. We had a lot of emotions going, lots of farts that wasn't allowed to be in the, um, in the little blurb up there. No farting, but it couldn't happen. <clears throat> it was a very small space. There was a very lots of um, noise out here that really interfered with your own personal headspace. But once we got the process, so we spent, what, a, a whole weekend or a few weekends here first creating the process, and that was hard. But once people started coming in for their individual portrait interviews, magic just happens. By then, we had much more of an understanding. We were all a little bit flummoxed that we weren't one of the portraits. Excuse me, but yeah. isn't it about us? That was quite emotional for several members of us. Put my hand up there. Um, it just sort of did our heads in that our portraits wouldn't be here because we're normally on show. And so, but once we got individual people coming through and we had the process of let them walk in and take a seat, come into themselves in the room, it gave us like a, a minute to really look and feel that person. And then we have the freedom to speak. Yeah. And that's the magic, the freedom to speak in a process, but that we then knew who we were again. Once we had that freedom, we had the process and the boundaries, what we could and couldn't do. Once the work started, it was really easy. Yeah, and I think there was a time where, um, I think it was Tara's um, friend, Stuart and Caroline. Um, Caroline came in and, um, we, we did our theme, we said, you know, I see something. And the next minute she was re responding. And I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> what do I do? And so I was like, I was looking at Beck, I was looking at Daniel and I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> so um, it was a really fun thing to do. And I will say this, the feet were hurting most of the time, oh, but, it was terrible. but, <laughs> but, but I will say this, I will say this, we had a bed, we had a bed. <laughs> yeah, so whenever we, whenever we got tired or anxious, we just, Grumpy. you know, when that happened, we were like, okay, I'm going to have a little nap mm -hmm. and just, you know, relax and then come back to standing and being in the moment. And, mm -hmm. and that was one of the most amazing things that I've done in this exhibition. And even though I might have been a pain, <laughs> but, but I was still, you know, in the process. Thank you. So s people were invited in. Yes. And absolutely everybody judges. Some people... 
some people responded mm-hmm. um, when they heard you seeing them mm-hmm. and then starting to imagine what they might think, what they might do. Yeah. Um, did everybody respond? Um, were there differences in how they responded? No, no, it was just um, Carolyn. My yeah, it was friend. only like one. Yeah. What kind of response? Oh yeah. Um, what kind of response? Like trying to trying to start a dialogue with the people on the other side, or what was she doing? Um, no, she was just responding to the voices, to the like because um, she's trying to answer everyone. Or to, like, um, confirm or not confirm. Yes, yes, yes. That's interesting. Yeah. I think we deliberately left it... I mean, we we didn't give parameters when we invited people in in terms of what we were seeking from them. Um, I think I think the only kind of direction was to um, to take us to take a seat, like to be in yeah, um, or to position yourself in front of the mirror. Um, So it opened up different ways for people to respond to us, and and we did. I mean, are there some other reactions or or differences that we remember? What one of the things I know we ended up writing up was that it was okay if we had people to cry. Maybe somebody wants to talk about that. Um, I found that a few of the things that I said brought a couple of people to tears. I didn't mean to. They were personal stories of my own. So may I share this one? Sure. This lady here, um, she looked like me at that age. She had pink hair. I had pink hair when I was that age. And I asked her if she'd ever been followed down a dark alley at night and had no one there to help her. And I had that happen to me lots of times. Well, she burst into tears and I didn't think that would make her cry, but I felt terrible about it. I had to, at the end of it, come out and hug her because I felt that I'd broken her. And that was really, really uncomfortable for me. There was another lady that I asked the question, I wonder if you wish life hadn't been so hard. And that brought her to tears. And I felt like I'd broken her too. So then I was really worried that what I was saying was hurting people. And then we realised that tears were okay because I spoke to both of the people that I brought to tears and they said that they weren't crying out of fear or sadness. They were crying that they'd been seen, that I actually saw who they were and something that had happened to them that they weren't sharing. So it made me still feel very um, anxious about my words and I tried not to go quite so deeply after that. But I think it also limited, I limited myself a little bit by that experience. Now other people, some people had no facial expression changes and that was quite difficult at times. And then there were people that responded with, oh, oh. You know, any little response in the face or the body gave us food. And so there was more and more and more to pull out of people. There was one um, person here that I just had to run out and go, oh, my God, you were just so much fun. And they went, 
why? And it was because of the responses, the physical responses of the body. They were wearing very eclectic clothes, so we could see that there was a lot about this person. But it was the facial and physical responses that happened that just gave us so much more to play with. It was really, really fun experience. Yeah, and I think one of the hardest things was some of them were non-verbal and some of them were like, you know, really excited. And there was like, I was thinking to myself like, there are so many different people out in this world. There's like verbal, non-verbal, people in wheelchairs, people who are, there's like so many different people that we had. And it really brought me back down to earth because you always think, you know, everyone's the same person, but they're not. And I think that's really opened all our eyes because, you know, most of the time we're always doing it to each other. So whether we're doing it with... Most of the time, absolutely everybody judges. Yeah. yeah, so most of the time we would um, do it to each other, but doing it to someone else, it was quite amazing to see, you know, the different facials. And one friend in particular, um, she was very shy. She had her parents outside and she wanted to have her mother in. And I'm like... And then she was like, no, 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 I'll be fine. So she comes in and... She was like, when she heard the voices, she was like this. Like, looked away and I'm like, oh gosh, it's going to be hard. So, yeah, it was quite hard to do it with her. Now, we get to come into this space and experience this because you've put together video and sound, George. So, this kind of leads us to... Um, the process of putting together the images on the walls and the soundscape um, that bring us into some of the experience that we can see some of these responses and then we can we can sit in the chair in front of the mirror then we can go around the back um, uh, and kind of contemplate this ourselves so could you talk about bringing the videos that capture um, some of these different reactions from different people yeah, I think the video work was a response on how to turn the performance elements into something that is durational and can exist without all the members here. Um, and the idea of having multiple screens and um, the same portrait playing on all of them is the idea of someone's identity being fragmented, you focusing on specific, on specific elements. Um, I think the way then, to me, and maybe this because I spent time with portraits and looking at the video, everyone had very specific, even if minimal, uh, reactions to things. If it's a tensing of the hand or maybe even the stillness because that wasn't present before. Um, so I think it was interesting to break that apart and create a very loose narrative in terms of what the portrait is. Uh, so people could understand what is being said and why, but also leaving space for everyone to 
focus on one part that they want to um, and just follow that through. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, in terms of the soundscape, um, sound work is something that, that the group has done a lot. Um, and we had a sound artist with us, Joseph Burgess. Um, and it was intentional to keep voices and to keep the video very close together and keep that experience as honest and raw as possible um, because it's all about that emotional connection that is made in, in that moment. Yeah. I just want to add a little bit to that. Um, so George, in terms of the process, George was with us um, behind, on the other side of the two-way mirror um, with his camera set up. So was also experiencing... Um, experiencing the live version of that, but but also in a way where it was kind of like had to set up the camera and then and then kind of duck down and almost crawl out so that then the artists behind the microphones could then also um, uh, be able to spend time in front of that person to to take it in. So it's kind of, you know, I think you had this like dual, you know, you got to experience that, but then also spend a lot more time later with all of that material. Um, and as George was saying, the editing process, um, both George and Joseph, we had some conversations about trying to keep the material as honest as possible and, and, and as honest to the experiences of the ensemble as possible. So um, nothing, obviously things have been, have been edited out. Some of those experiences were more like 12 minutes um, long and the videos are about five minutes. Um, but everything is still in its chronological order. So, so nothing has been kind of edited out of, out of place. Um, the, um, with both the video and the audio, there's no real effects. You know, the voices are as, as they sound. Um, the soundscape sitting underneath the voices is quite minimal. Um, and I think all of those choices were really deliberate um, to try and um, keep it so somehow documentative. Um, but yeah, and, and, a, and a truer reflection of what the, that performance and interaction and that experience is between the ensemble artists and that individual. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to add any more to that, but. And so opening yesterday was the first time you were able to see people come into the space and engage with watching the people come in and be part of this experience, but also themselves sitting in the chair in front of the mirror or going around the other side and watching people through it. Was it interesting to see people come in and move through um, last night? Yes, it sure was. Because, like, we could, like, see all the different, like, aspects and everything and the reactions from, like, people when they saw themselves on camera and your name, so, yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, I think there was a time where um, I was watching one of the videos and I noticed one of the participants and I looked and I was like, that you? <laughs> And I was trying to figure out the, the facial expressions and then I looked back and it was the same thing on the screen. I'm like, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it was very 
unusual, like seeing the Intrigue, same person. Yeah. yeah. Intrigue. And then the person on screen. So it was kind of interesting. I found it really interesting and I struggled last night because when we do performance works, um, getting a response from an audience is often quite immediate. So, um, you know, and maybe it's just that I'm more familiar with that too, you know, find it easier to kind of read if something lands or doesn't or... Um, and you can kind of feel that exchange between yourself as a performer and the audience. And in a gallery setting, I was like, oh, that's, that's not, I don't know if that's here. Oh my gosh, what, how are people feeling about this? Is it landing? Do they get it? Are they not? Are they thinking about it at all? Or are they just moving on to the next thing? I don't know if anybody else was having those moments last night, but um, I definitely had a couple, which was a really good thing to reflect on. And I think just, um, a different way of sharing our work and with with an audience. Um, yeah, it's, it's a different relationship. I found that several of our friends came and said, when's the performance starting? When are you moving? Not looking at anyone, Alicia Jones. <laughs> and so I had to take them into the back room and it was really beautiful, very close friends of um, Tara's. And I took them into the back room and took them through the process where I got them to sit in the chair first. So look in the mirror and look at yourself for a minute. Now come round the back and then they went, oh, 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 this is here. So then I stood them at the microphones and went through our processes, how someone in, enters the room, how do we see the person? And then all of the different, you'll see them on the board when you go in, have a read of all those words, how we went through our process and then took them to the back wall and told them how we created that process in the first place. So the first few weeks we were actually looking at ourselves on how we'd been judged in our lives, how we judged others. Things that we may have caused pain in others or others have caused pain in us. What were our dreams? What were our I wonder ifs? And so we worked all through our own stuff first so that we knew what other people would be experiencing as well. So when I could take them through the back wall and show them um, Alicia's um, statement, um, yeah, I was trying to think of what to call it, her statement, and then My the one that we've statement. all put together, the thing I would really like you to see is, so that's all of us, that little one, that's what I would really like you to see. We actually got to show people how we did the process and then they understood why we weren't moving anymore. Um, it's probably a little... Um, opening is one night and one set of engagements and it, it's a little bit different because, you know, there was champagne and there was cake and it's not the same as every day in a gallery space, but... Um, so you, you, you can't necessarily tell if that's aligning with what you hoped in terms of people engaging, but what were your hopes for people engaging with someone like me coming in and moving through the work? Was it thinking about those kind of things? Um. It was just so like everyone can experience like what this group has put together, so yeah. 
um, what you hope it would feel like for someone going through the spaces? I think our intention was that, yes, sometimes we will feel uncomfortable and sometimes we will feel a little fragile or fragmented because some of the videos that you'll see, like um, some of the participants, um, it's very unusual. And like when you see a certain word, you think, oh, I might feel sensitive. So I think that's our kind of intention is just, yes, we all judge certain people, but we judge them in a certain way. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. We talked a little bit about how we wanted to try and reimagine. So how um, we shared a bit about how we had all experienced judgment in in our personal um, life experiences. Um, also, and like Beck was saying, Rebecca was saying before too, how we also we you know we judge others. It's not um, we're not kind of putting ourselves on a pedestal and saying oh well everybody else judges us, but you know. We're perfect. We we don't we don't think um, yeah. And 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 there are times where judgment can also be really helpful. And and we shared s some things about that too. But we talked a bit about wanting to reimagine that that if it's something that we know we all do and we do it every day, we do it all the time. Are there ways that we could do it that are that do perhaps cause a little bit less um, harm in a way, or that 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 do, does create a, more of a sense of openness or create um, more possibilities for different assumptions about a person that maybe go beyond the, the kind of initial clues that we might get from a person, um, which is, I guess, when we go into some of that imaginative, that's, that's where we're trying to take it. But we talked a bit about, yeah, wanting to kind of reimagine a little bit how how we judge others and how we could create a, a space that's a bit more open, maybe a little bit safer and um, and still, but still brings up some of those sensitivities and vulnerabilities that we all share as human beings. I would just like to say that um, some of the participants were quite astounded by our assumptions that they were absolutely on the mark. Um, I still talk to my grandmother in my head was one of them. There were some really, really weird ones, though, and they went, how did you know that? You know, especially the secretly you keep a, you know, bull ants in a matchbox was the first one I came up with, and Ruby went, how did you know? I put them in a matchbox and I was going to get Daniel at lunchtime because he hurt me. And I went, I don't know how I saw bull ants in a matchbox. But we really, really landed on some people. But one of the wonderful things was... A person came in, we didn't know them in any way, but by the end of that conversation, they felt like family to us. We felt like we'd known them forever because we went into, you know, we made up an imaginary person, basically, somebody that we knew really well. And so by the end of it, I feel like I've known this young lady all my life <laughs> and all I did was make her cry. But now... <laughs> I'm going to know her forever and everywhere I see her, I'm going to give her a hug. And I don't even know her name, you know. But that's what it, it made the connection for us was we saw those people. By the end of it, when we say, I see you, 
We really did. Yeah. And I just want to say, when when I saw her cry, I'm like, I wanted to give her a hug. And, like, when I said secretly you work at Starbucks, she looked like she was ready to work at Starbucks. (laughs) Like, she had, like, the matching pink, she had the pink hair, and I'm like, she's going to work at Starbucks. (laughs) Probably. It's a compliment. Yeah, it's a compliment. And it's the same thing, like, it's different, like, stories that we made up about different people. And then when I saw her cry, I'm like, oh, no. And I was like, I thought I was going to cry as well. (laughs) I was, like, having a little tear moment. But um, I kept it together. And the protocol was not to go and meet the people. And I went, I have to. I have to, have to. Have to, have to. (laughs) So is it partly to do with um, we're a society that in the past doesn't like vulnerability um, and that this is engaging with being okay with vulnerability. Mm. That sounds good. Oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) I mean, yes, it's okay to be vulnerable at, at certain times in your life because, yes, all of us, we're lucky that we've, either got family, friends, you know, jobs. Um, But there's a certain time where we're going to have that vulnerable moment at, like, a certain time and then you just have a click in your hand and go, yeah, that's my vulnerability. Yeah, and I think part of what the experimental element of this for us was where are the lines, like in perform in performance, um, and in the experience of this, creating a space of vulnerability? But when does it become confrontational? When does it become unsafe? And um, we we considered that quite a lot, and that was um, one of those things that had to be an experiment. You can consider it as much as you would like, but in the end, until we had those people in the room with us, um, we were feeling it out. And so, you know, Beck spoke to the idea of there was sort of a plan of care and experience, and that went out the window pretty quickly, and we adjusted and we were changing, and actually we did meet with almost... Like, all the, the team did meet with almost every participant afterwards to check in about the experience. And so... Um, in terms of what was the intention of the work, I think part of it is to allow people to be where they are, but really to really feel whatever they are in that moment. So some experiences were very joyous and that was, then we wanted to really go into that. Some were very vulnerable, but there was never really a sense of wanting to try and elicit a specific reaction out of someone. It was just wanting that experience to be all of what that person was was feeling in that moment. Um, yeah, and we figured it out along the way. And I think the, um, I guess one of the other intentions was also to give our artists um, a little bit of power, like, you know, kind of shift the power dynamic a little bit where, you know, when we think about, when we talk about how we've we've all experienced judgment in, in our lives, and this was a moment... Um, I guess for us where, you know, you got given the microphone and 
and you could kind of speak speak freely and and share what what you observe about another person and I think the um yeah just the the different ways that we all observe another person and what we what we take and reflect back um so I think that was also a big part of the work was really just setting up the opportunity for that for you know quite literally for our voices um to be heard as well as for the other people that we invite in to be seen that makes sense so this experiment is made possible by being resident in this space in ima um and um I presume there will be many other works for this ensemble that will have many other forms and things like that. But is there something you can take from learning from being in resident in this space? Sure reason, sure will. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a broad question, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. We're, ho we're hoping the next piece is a bit more colour. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just leaving it out there for the whole ensemble. I mean, part of what I'm thinking maybe, EJ, what you were saying before was about um, some of the access here and some of the opportunity to take time, as well as what, what you're just saying now about um, you can theorise all you like. Yeah. So those two things together being possible in particular ways here. I think it comes down to, I mean, there's also an element that we were in residence in the building beforehand and which is separate, but there is something about, um, I think, when a team, particularly, I think of any artist really, but obviously ourselves with our own access needs, feeling really genuinely comfortable in a space. And so for us, that was this beautiful um, uh, combination of feeling comfortable in this building generally and and sometimes that's very very practical in terms of we know where the parking is we you know like there's some rehearsed journeys and all of that and then also being given time and space um within the ima specifically um i think yeah that gives us then that ability to consider deeply um and and to then obviously then adjust probably is the biggest thing. You know, even the way we'll be doing their small things, but the way we'll be doing the performances, activations for um, public will be slightly different because we've had the ability to experiment, refine, go again. Do you want to again. say what that, will, what that is? Sure. So there's... Yes, plug. Yeah, yeah. Do the thing. <laughs> yeah. um, plug. Yes. So throughout mainly September and the um, October 1st, there'll be days where um, members of the public can book in to experience what you see in the videos. So, um, again, I wouldn't give you too many instructions. You'll enter the space. You would sit yourself in front of the mirror and then um, the ensemble will start to speak. And that's sort of, that's the instruction that's given at the beginning of the experience. Um, and... The, yeah, the, that ability to continue to refine that process, um, I think, is something that was only given to us by, you know, and available because of the amazing team here. Um, and I do have to shout out um, Talia and Talara um, in particular, who've just been 
holding us the whole time. This is a new um, form and, and way of working for us and I think that I can speak for the team in saying that um, this has been a really unique experience. We've been lucky across different venues to have some really great people that we worked with, but in terms of a team seeing us deeply, both as artists and people wanting to meet us where we are in our journey as artists, I mean, I think it's worth saying that obviously um, this is an award. The Jeremy Hines Award is for, I think, emerging and experimental artists, and so really... Um, they acknowledge that we're very emerging when it comes to this type of practice and that really meant that, um, you know, we're quite used to, I think, operating in spaces where it's on the artist to bring a lot of, the, not just the creativity but the resourcing to um, a work and I think it's worth saying that that is not the experience that we had here and that the team here... Um, were absolute partners with us in helping us find whatever we needed. And um, that then allowed us to experiment. That gave us the freedom to then experiment. And um, we can't thank them enough. Yeah. yeah. And without the help of the two ladies that we worked with, I think we wouldn't have been here for like the last couple of months mm -hmm. at the Judith Wright. You know, they've helped us, you know setting like morning tea things up and I think without the help of the IMA um, staff I don't think we wouldn't have reached to a point where we have opened an exhibition like this and we can't thank Talila and Talia for all the support that you've given us it's all of IMA and yeah, Kinley, like all of the IMA staff. Now, on the subject of morning teas, we have come to 11 a.m. Yes. Yeah. So, are there any final thoughts, or should we move to the morning tea and chatting format? No, I'm. I'm very happy for the ensemble to be the one that that speaks. Um, very happy to have a chat afterwards. And the only thing I'd say is, I feel like the work gets more relevant the fewer people are in the room. Like, it becomes a bit more intimate, more personal, and you start transferring all that happened onto yourself. So maybe if you were here last night and saw it, I would say maybe see it again with just yourself in a room or a couple people, because I feel like that would definitely feel different. And I would like to say on behalf of the AHA Ensemble, we'd like to thank Bree Hadley for talking with us today and also thank IMA staff again for being such wonderful people to it's us. True. It's true. You can't thank them enough. <laughs> and we also like to thank all of you for listening to our process of Absolutely Everybody Judges. So thank you very much. Mitchell, Mitchell's going to say something first and then I'm going to say something. So I'm collaborating with Joseph. He's oh. a, I'm doing a, a performance with him at Harassa oh. Festival. This year I'm really excited for doing that. And then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we would, the AHA Ensemble, we would really like to thank Danielle Constance, our director. And Emma June. And Emma June, our producer 
for getting us here in the first place because they write all these amazing grant applications for us and I spoke to the lady on the Jeremy Hines Award board last night and she said that the application was so eloquent that it had to be made and that it exceeded all expectations. So we would like to thank you for pulling us all together and keeping us uh, entertained and creative. Morning tea. Morning tea. Morning tea. Morning tea. Morning tea. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.